0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 127 of The Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers, but today I am not joined, as usual, by Megan Francis. I'm joined by a very special guest co-host by the name of Margaret Ables. Hey, Margaret. Hi. So this is so exciting. Um, Margaret, I'm going to have you just introduce yourself briefly, and then I'll tell everybody what the heck is happening, because they're probably <laughs> weirded out right now.
2: <laughs> so my name is Margaret Ables, as we know, and I host the What Fresh Hell podcast, usually with my co-host, Amy Wilson. But today, we're doing kind of a switcheroo.
0: We are. We're doing like a wife swap. Remember that terrible wife show? Wife swap. Have <laughs> I, I f- ever watched Wife Swap. I maybe but- watched it once, but it was terrible. And basically, like, wives would go live <laughs> so with each other's families. we're doing it. it. was family. horrible, and now here we are it. <laughs> and here we are. It. This is the podcast version, only we don't have to parent each other's children or, like, live with each other's husbands, which is probably yeah, beneficial. Yeah, that sounds I'm like guessing. a really bad um, idea. So what's happening is today we are here on the Mom Hour, and tomorrow Megan and Amy are working together on What Fresh Hell. So listeners can listen to both and hear both sides of the swap, which is really fun. I'm really excited we're doing this. Um, Yeah. And the topic we decided to tackle is... Regional parenting differences, which sounds fancy schmancy, but really what we're going to talk and laugh about today is the things we've noticed about parenting in different parts of the country. Now, you and I are going to do a little East versus West versus middle, and tomorrow Amy and Megan are going to do small town versus big city because they are in the two city extremes. City country it is. It's city mom versus country mom. Um, so it's going to be going to be really fun. Um, and I'm just so excited. I love your show. If our listeners are not listening to what fresh hell it is, I tell people about it all the time and I'm not just, you know, I'm not just being nice. It's not just because I'm here. No, it's not because you're (laughs) here. And I tell them that it has a similar vibe to our show. Only you guys are way funnier and yeah. <laughs> have you know maybe a background in professional comedy which we don't we just yeah. laugh at each other and think i feel funny. like you guys are perhaps
2: a little more prepared we kind of
0: <laughs> get a little i bit think more. this the dirty <laughs> secret in podcasting i think is everybody's kind of winging it but yeah that's okay true. so before we jump into east versus west versus middle we're going to take a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors and then we will get into it This episode of the Mom Hour Voices is brought to you by LinkedIn Learning. LinkedIn Learning is an online learning platform that allows you to develop personal and professional skills from home on your own time. So this is great if you are thinking about making a move in your career or going back to work or just want to learn a new skill. If you want to open an Etsy shop or learn graphic design or improve your public speaking skills, all of that and more is on LinkedIn Learning, which now also includes all of lynda.com's courses. So if you guys listened to our Mom Hour Voices interview last Friday, you heard me say that we're going to be ramping up an email newsletter soon. And lo and behold, I went on LinkedIn Learning and took a quick course on newsletters as a content marketing strategy. So it's really cool that these professional development courses are there on almost every topic you can imagine. So LinkedIn Learning is available worldwide, which we love hearing for our Canadian and international listeners. And it also helps you learn at your own pace. So you get to use the method you prefer. You can listen on your phone. You can watch the videos or listen. You can read the transcripts. Um, mobile or desktop or laptop and you just pay one monthly price so there's never any hidden charges or upsells everything there is available to you when you are a member so we have a special deal for you you can get a 30-day free trial with linkedin learning by visiting linkedin.com mom so that's linkedin.com mom all lowercase and yeah go check it out so much great stuff on there Okay everybody, we are back and Margaret, I, let's just start with the obvious. Will you tell everybody where you've lived both like your own growing up and and also where you started parenting your children? And tell us how old your kids are too when you yeah when you get there. Well guys settle in.
2: It's rather a long story. I'm gonna to have to skip a couple of chapters because I don't know if you usually do a seven hour long podcast, <laughs> right, right, right. but I've been a bit of a rolling stone in my life. I grew up in the suburbs of West Um of I grew up in the suburbs of New York City. So okay. Westchester County. Okay. Uh, so about 45 minutes by train from Grand Central Station. That's where okay. I grew up. Okay. Uh, and then I went to college in New York City. I went to Barnard College, Upper West Side of Manhattan. And then began rolling the stones. So then <laughs> I was a traveling performer for probably seven years and lived I mean everywhere, Chicago, New Orleans, Portland, Oregon, Los Angeles. Uh, I was everywhere, just okay. kind of traveling around and putting on shows, doing some stand-up, doing some comedy. Um, and then I settled back in the city for a little while, started writing for television, um writing on some MTV shows. Got an agent, went out to L.A., worked in L.A. for a long time in television, met my husband, had three children in four years, (laughs) and then eventually in raising children in L.A. began this internal dialogue of, I want to get back to New York. Okay. And so now after this long security journey, I live about 25 minutes from where I grew up. Back in oh, Westchester wow. okay. County, back in the suburbs of New York.
0: I love that. So how long was the stint in L.A., and at what point were your kids born there, and then it, how old were they when you moved back? Because that's really, like, the at the crux right. of this. So
2: 14 years in L.A. Okay. Kids were born. I met my husband, I think, about nine years in. Okay. And then we had the three kids right away, and then moved... Our, aim was always move back before they start school and uh-huh. then my oldest was a four-year-old kindergartner okay and so we moved back actually when he started first grade so we missed our deadline but he kind of messed us up by yeah being really young and so made it back here three years ago and my kids are now nine seven and five
0: Okay, so this is what's really interesting. So geographically, we have nothing in common. We probably like passed cross crossed paths throughout this time, but our kids are almost exactly the same age. So mine are nine, seven, and will be five in January. So they are fourth grade, it, second grade, and then last year of preschool. Is your well, youngest we just in kinder? Missed. Yeah, just started kindergarten. Yeah. So wow, we really yeah. do. We line and, up quite well. And then the other thing is, I'll kind of go through where I've lived. But our our move back to my homeland, not quite as close as you are to where you grew up. Um, also happened three years ago, so both you and I kind of like went back to our motherland three years ago. So we moved, <laughs> and back. was that motivated by wanting to get the kids back to where you grew up? Or yeah, pretty right much, off? and and to be closer to my parents. So my parents, but, their journey's right. not even to so come into this, piece. but they had ended up. Yeah, exactly. All of a piece. It's amazing. Um, okay, so for listeners who haven't, you know, maybe hung on my every word for two and a half years, <laughs> I'm which sure I don't know one. <laughs> so we could just skip this part. I um I come from a long line of Western like literally i have i have in my both sides i have montana idaho oregon washington and then eventually california i was born in oregon but when i was in kindergarten we moved to santa barbara which is right in between i would say central and southern california 90 miles north of la um and i place it is a beautiful it's an amazing place to grow up um so i grew up there but i went to college in chicago so i flew the coop um i went to northwestern and i lived in the city After college for a few more years. So all told, I was in Chicago for college plus three or four more years. And then my husband and I, in our mid-20s, when we were engaged, we moved to Arizona for work. Um, And we lived in Scottsdale, Phoenix area for 10 years. And that included, so a few years pre-kids, and then that included having our three children and then moving back here to Orange County, which is, I am about three hours from where I grew up. So I'm on the other side of LA from where I grew up, but still relatively close. And that was August of 2014. So I had my kids and raised babies and did all that just like you did um, in Arizona, which while it's not as far, is very culturally different we will get into than California. Yeah. Um, it's, it's yeah. on land Everybody okay so land. that's that was good that was kind of um uh, like a good setup and I have to give a disclaimer this this episode is going to be rife with generalizations and stereotypes wouldn't you agree like let <laughs> <I mean, laughs>
2: sure let's let's agree that we know that you know all that t-shirt stereotypes <laughs> save time yeah like it just it's cut to the chase
0: let's cut to the chase so uh for all you listening who maybe don't fit the stereotypical mold of an East Coast Or West Coast mom, we, we we know We're just, we're cutting to the chase for the sake of I think this is interesting Right, it's You're all
2: unique, special flowers yes. Who can't be categorized, but in this case We're going to make some generalizations Big
0: ones, big ones coming uh, So I thought we could start, and you really You parented on the West Coast and then Moved back, so let's yes. start with like The big one, which is West Coast Has this laid-back reputation Do you think that's the case? I'm talking about Everything from like manners and social graces to just like the speed of life like that we hear about new yorkers having and the northeast um some, one time someone thought that i wasn't from california because i talked too fast they were like no you talk way too fast to be a right. native west
2: coaster that's true you have <laughs> so, much more of a new york speech pattern
0: i do i don't know where that came from um so tell me do you think the west coast was more laid back and do you feel like it's faster paced where you are now
2: yeah. And I mean, of course, as we've just said, generalizations, the West Coast is giant. And so right. I spent a lot of time in San Francisco. Okay, And San Francisco has a very, has much more of that like laid back vibe, but it's also super sporty. Like I remember living in San Francisco and thinking all the time, why does everyone want to get up and hike in the morning? Right. Like, what about reading the New York Times for three hours first? <laughs> like, what's wrong with you people? And then I lived, I raised my kids when they were babies in Los Angeles, which has a kind of its own crazy, you know, L.A. movie, so lots of outdoorsy, lots of slackery people kind of a vibe. Right. But there is definitely a different vibe on the West Coast than on the East Coast. So do, you And f- I think sometimes New Yorkers get a vibe of go, 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 and we're so busy. But there is that sporty element to the West Coast that
0: always freaked me out.
2: Like, yeah, that so- was the place where I felt like I don't I, I'm not one of you people.
0: You don't want to go stand up paddleboarding for fun, like oh, the stay at home moms no, in my town do. <laughs> wanna,
2: like I have no interest in learning how to do yoga, and then I have exponentially less interest in doing yoga on a flotation device in the middle of the water. Like I have now. You've you've gotten two things that I could not be less interested. Right, in. Right. So you've probably
0: found your coast. Um Yeah, yeah. I needed to come back.
2: So do and you all s- those like bad cliches about yeah the kale smoothie like I right. don't want any of that. I want a cup of
0: coffee and the New York times. Do you notice this playing out in like how people raise their kids too? like manners are one. Okay. I'll tell a quick story. When I went from Santa Barbara to Chicago suburbs for college, most of the people at college were either from the Northeast or the Chicago area. And then there were Texans and Californians, but I grew up calling adults, not by Mr. and Mrs., which I know is like heathenish and terrible, Um, shocking. but I didn't like, I literally didn't know. And I I had otherwise good manners, but like, I was truly like that California kid who called my roommate's parents by their first names. And they just sort of like, they were from Northern New Jersey and they just like smiled and patted me on the back. So do you (laughs) know, do you think this is still, I mean, that's a generation ago, but do you think that the, like the manners and the social graces and all of that, do you notice that difference?
2: Yeah. And that, I think that's fallen away a little bit in general, but that is definitely something that people remarked on all the time in LA that I, all my kids call people Mr. and Mrs. And especially my friends. And for them, it's sort of a hangup of, it makes them feel old. Right. But I would say, oh, this is Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And inevitably my friends would say, oh no, no, they can call us Roger and Mimi, you know? And I would say, well, you know, actually we just prefer that they call you by their last names because that's how we are teaching our kids. Right. But Yes, that freaked people out like crazy in California.
0: Um... I would agree. I mean, I think it's pretty laid back here. I think there was more Mr. and Mrs uh, when I was in Arizona to an extent, um, and there's some very traditional values that come through in Arizona because there's a very high religious population. There's a high Mormon population and a high like evangelical Christian population. and some of the formalities, I think were more part of religious communities to be honest than an East or West thing. but let's um can we talk about Texas for a second because don't you have? Texas in-laws? I do. <laughs> I was just about
2: to say if you want to deal with manners. Yeah. Texas in-laws.
0: Yeah, so be fun so okay, enlighten us there because that's neither east nor west, but you have, you know, that's a whole I part mean, of Texas your family. I mean,
2: Texas I consider south. Some Texans right. will give you a debate about whether or not they're the south. But like leaving that debate aside for the moment. Yes, I have I have a lot of family now, in-law family in Texas. And Texas, the correct way to address is sir and ma'am, which Mm -hmm. my kids have no familiarity with at all, but they often kind of get called out on. (sighs) And we did an episode of our podcast about manners and whether or not this is important. And I came down on the side of you acquiesce to the manner tradition of the person you're addressing. When in Rome. Yeah. When in Rome. And so when someone in Texas, I mean, again, not everyone, but right. a lot of people in Texas will say, do you want another role? And if you say no, they'll say, no, sir. And so, or in my tradition, I would have my kids say, no, thank you. Right. Yes. But we do try to adapt, but I'll take a no, thank you. I'm like, come on, translate yeah. it. No, thank you <laughs> is no, sir. But I try to get them on the no, sir, no, ma'am tick a little bit while we're in Texas. Cause when in Rome,
0: Right, when in Texas, when in Texas, sir or ma'am. And how about what do you think about this like speed of life we were talking about with Texas? Like, I mean, we've we've painted the stereotype that West Coast is like chill and laid back, and we wear hoodies everywhere and don't dress up. And is Texas in the middle, or is there like its own kind of set of like speed of life?
2: Yeah, I think Texas is slower. Yeah, I mean, I think the moms would disagree that it's just as hectic, but. Yeah, and I mean, it's a little hard to gauge for me because we often go there while while we're on vacation. And so for us, the pace of life is slower there. Right. But yes, I think that sort of we have places to be every two seconds and go, go, go. Yeah, I don't see that as much. The
0: the stereotype is like achievement oriented almost in the Northeast, at least.
2: I love the way people talk. They're like, and that sentence took 45 minutes. Like, they're just, well, you know, I don't know. There's just the whole pace of speech is so slow that like everyone has to slow down because it takes people three times as long to say a sentence.
0: See, there you go. It's a it's built in. It's built, uh, it's baked in the cake. <laughs> I love it. Okay, I have one more thing to say about manners before maybe this is west coast defensiveness, but the northeast especially has a reputation for a sort of like tradition and formality. But on the other hand, there's also a reputation that you could be sort of callous or unfriendly. Like when people come West, and this is true, if East coasters go to the Midwest, you think everyone's so nice, right? And if you go from the Midwest, even further West, people are just friendlier, I think. Is that, do you disagree? That's a little different than manners. So it's like a friendliness friendliness. or an openness. A a social interaction level
2: that is much higher. That's the big thing. When I moved from Manhattan to Chicago, even, yeah, I remember thinking all the time, Why do I have to say hello to people 55 times a day? Right. Like, why is the barista
0: asking me how my day is going? That's like, a. but then just when you're walking, like,
2: oh, hi. Yeah. Hi. Okay. We all (laughs) greet each other. We get it.
0: (laughs) And then when you are West going East, it does feel just rude is not the right word, but like more closed offish, I guess that if you're used to function,
2: it's a, it's an, it's a logical function of lifestyle, which is. When you're in Texas and you are kind of by yourself and you're out in your house or your ranch or whatever, you come to town, you're happy to greet everyone. When you're in New York City and you're riding in a tube with 500 strangers every morning, (laughs) you're in your like carapace and thinking like, okay, my shell is down And if I greet one person, I have to greet five hundred. Right. So it's very logical when you think about it. Yeah, it's not unfriendly.
0: Yeah, and you can see how it's just
2: a factor of like, okay, I'm gonna actually go horse if I have to greet every single person I see. Right.
0: Interesting. All right, well, let's move on and talk a little bit about what we've both observed about like, I'm going to call this like demographics in general. I'm going to say something about Arizona because this was probably the biggest difference going from Arizona to Southern California, which, again, you can do the drive in five hours. It's not geographically super far. Um, But there is a huge difference in the age at which people have kids in Arizona versus where I live in Orange County um, and family size. And I I think it mostly comes down to cost of living, which is going to figure in here a lot. But like I sure. said, Arizona, um, it is diverse, but there is there's large religious communities, um, you know, conservative Christian communities and Mormon communities um, who tend to marry young and have children younger. And it's very affordable there. So I was relatively young when I had my kids. I was 28, 30 and 32. And. Um, and that was totally the norm, if not like, I mean, I was right in the middle. I knew lots of families that started even younger than that, you know, married oh, and starting sure. families by their mid 20s. Um, and then I mo- when I moved here, I, I naturally made friends with the moms whose kids were the same age. Right. So my oldest was going into first grade when we moved here. And so I met other people of that place in life, but they're all seven to eight years older than I am. Their kids are the same age, but they are. So that was a big difference. And then family size, like I have three kids and that was nothing in Arizona. I mean, you had had one and two kids' families, but you had lots of three, four, five. Um, And just uh, the, the spectrum was just more sprinkled out evenly. And I feel like where I am in Southern California, where the cost of living is higher, and I think people maybe don't get married as early or they stay in the big cities longer. I'm not sure you know, exactly. But then it's a two kid, lots of two kid families. And we know, we know some three now, but when I first moved here, I felt like the weirdo with the third kid a little bit.
2: Yeah. Same in LA. Okay. So we lived on the border. Almost everyone I knew had one or two children and I had three and four years. So it had a little bit of a (laughs) feeling of like, are you going for seven? Like I kept having them. Right. Uh, Mostly as a factor of the fact that I got married when I was 37. And so I was the opposite. I had my first at 37, my last at 41. And so I, when my husband and I got married, I said, I think we should see how many kids we can have. And then three (laughs) kids, four years later, I said, I think this plan is going a little too well. We have to stop this
0: plan. (laughs) We are (laughs) overachieving. We
2: are overachieving on our plan. But I definitely, we lived on the borderline of a very uh, orthodox Jewish neighborhood in LA. Okay, And I would go, to the playground and always the orthodox jewish moms would have three and four kids and i'd be like hey my people over there you know (laughs) because all the la moms had one or two um but yes that's definitely something i noticed and now i've moved to a suburban town where a lot of people have three or four kids and it's kind of a little bit I'm, i'm a little bit more in the middle of the road okay but i don't i think it's a factor of like i don't know I can't exactly say what it is, but definitely I noticed the thing of I'm much older than the moms in Texas.
0: Right. So when I go and to what about where Texas. you are now? Like what about the Like, let's say a mom had stayed in the um, northeast for most of the time. Do you feel like the age? Do, how do you feel like you measure older? Up?
2: Okay. Now I'm 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 in the zone. Like I'm a 46-year-old with a kindergartner and I don't think I'm the oldest mom in the class. Right. Okay. I mean there's definitely it's a lot of women who had careers yep. and then had kids later and so I definitely don't feel out of place. Yep. But I did recently take my kids to the uh amusement park, uh Playland for people uh-huh. from the East Coast and there was a young uh it was Eid and there was a young Muslim woman and very okay. young. I mean probably 21 with like two kids, wow. and she kept asking me if I was the kids grandma. <laughs> and I was like, "No, no, they're mine." <laughs> and she called like three friends over to show her friends this old lady who had these little kids. Oh my gosh, you're kidding. And I was like, "Oh, okay.
0: So there's a cultural difference?" That is. That would be that would be different. Yeah, no, it is very interesting. And I do think um I think California itself has obviously so when the closer you are to the coast and the east coast is probably the same. Um the more it's what we're talking about where cost of living is higher, people are maybe having careers and waiting longer. And then, but you don't have to go very far inland from where I am I don't know if you recall the inland empire oh, um, familiar but really you don't have to go very far where all those cultural differences would be pretty different I think younger families well yeah,
2: yeah and that cost gets to of living, what Megan yeah. and Amy are going to be talking about right. it's like it's it's rural urban I mean you drive yeah. an hour west of LA and you've you're in like gun racks and country music yeah it's a completely different
0: world and there's some of that in New York too isn't there I mean can you yeah. you don't have oh, to go no, very sure. far we and it's live, yeah
2: we live in a not really outer suburb, but 20 minutes from where I live is really intense horse country. Uh-huh. You
0: know, yeah. Horses and farms and yeah. it's like old New York. Um, my husband grew up in Connecticut. And when I met him, my only impression, again, my naive West Coast perception, my only knowledge of Connecticut was like Greenwich prep schools and suburb of Manhattan like things that I had seen on TV and and my husband was like I live in an agricultural town where there is a um, future farmers of America magnet at my high school and I drive I drove behind tractors on the way to school and they are still only yeah they are still only I think like 50 minutes from Manhattan so it's crazy how it's a weird scene yeah, so that we'll leave more of that to Megan and Amy on the big city, small town, rural. Um, but yeah, I I do think that all of this a lot of it comes down to kind of when people got married or, you know, how families form and then how many kids they have. One final question on this topic is what about stay mom staying at home and working full time? Did you notice a big difference um and throw Texas in there too for the mix?
2: Yeah, I I think L.A. and New York are probably the ratios are fairly similar. A lot of working moms, you know, Mm -hmm. because they're it's that's again, it's a little more urban, rural than West Coast, East Coast, Texas, probably many more moms staying at home. Yeah, I would say it's changing now. Now everything's equalizing a little bit. I mean, a lot, a lot more moms are working outside the house.
0: Yes, I would. Yeah, I would say that Arizona for sure had. I think I knew more full stay-at-home moms than I do here. But I have a mix here. Um, A lot of, and I think this is a good thing, a lot of flexible working situations, working from home situations. And I think, like you said, I don't think that's regional. I think that's just the way things are moving hopefully in a good way. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, I noticed in, sh- so we, I went to college in Chicago and a lot of our college friends are still there and they have all done the traditional thing of living in the city until kid number one, maybe trying to keep right. it going until like kid number two is born maybe. And then they all, I remember the Christmas Please. where all the Christmas card addresses were different cause they all flew. It was like right. the great flight. Right. Um, but I think, I think there's still mostly working two two working parent households in my Midwest. You know, friends as well. So, and they are not all right in the city. So it's interesting.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a trend.
0: Yeah. I would agree. Let's talk. You mentioned kale smoothies and active West coasters, I but I would like yes. to go into this a little bit more. Um, so California in particular, but I have a lot of family up in Oregon and and I know some Seattle folks. So I'm going to oh, go it ahead. Gets, and, it's like a yeah. it's like a redness
2: spectrum. It gets worse the farther north you go. The kale oh, smoothies. interesting. The kale
0: smoothies get worse. Yeah. Although I would argue with weather being better down here, the outdoorsiness might actually be a little more tempered up in Seattle and Portland. Mm,
2: yeah. Yeah. But I don't the know Seattle
0: folks, REI, you know, I know. like they're out there. It's They've so got their true. Gore-Tex on. So and what doing was it. this like for you, being an East Coaster and encountering West Coast? Uh, let's just call it crunchiness. Everything from food and nutrition to hiking to yoga. I mean, it was annoying. It was <laughs> very annoying.
2: Uh, I mean, there is such a there are so many cliches about New Yorkers in LA. Because the other thing about LA, which we haven't really said, is that. L.A. is a town where you very, very rarely meet people who were born in L.A. Right. I mean, it's a town full of transplants people come from all over the country to live there and so there is such the cliche of the new yorker who just complains about the pizza and the bagels all right. the time and how they're not really good and they don't taste right and i probably was that person honestly
0: but do you um, think then la converts some of those people because
2: if it is oh, such a trans- my sister is a convert? Yeah. she okay. makes kale smoothies i mean my sister has gone to the dark side <laughs> She moved out there. She took up ocean swimming. Oh she like swims around the ocean with the dolphins and comes out and has a kale smoothie. She went all in. Yeah. But she didn't move back. I kind of was always a little bit uh, anthropologist on Mars, like a stranger yeah. in a strange land. What about pre-kids? Integrated.
0: What about when you were, you said you were in Portland for a while in San Francisco. Was it, it was still the same. It just felt water. Yeah, and I was so young,
2: you know, I mean, you're kind of you when you're in your 20s and you're in a new city, it's sort of, oh, isn't everything different and unique? And, you know, right. I might have gotten a little bit more into it in my 20s, definitely by my 30s and having kids. I was not Interest And L.A., oh, it has so much of that crazy like soul cycle. Let's learn right. about our inner being while we ride bikes really fast. I mean, I always found myself very much an outsider to those experiences in probably a way that was fairly irritating to people I knew. But
0: yeah, I couldn't I couldn't get on board. That's so, that's so interesting. I'm trying to think if I have, I don't think I have a comparable experience going to the Midwest. Probably the only thing comparable would, would be going to the Midwest and obviously the major weather difference from being somewhere where it's 68 degrees, six, 365 days a year. Like we didn't have any seasons and we'll get to weather in a little bit, well, but
2: I used to say that to people in LA all the time, like moving from the, east coast to the west coast you have to adjust to things but moving from the way if you've lived your whole life on the west coast it seems to me that moving to the east coast would be near impossible
0: well you want to know something funny also and this is me making fun of west coasters but when i went to college in chicago illinois i would come home and people would say how do you like it back east and i would look at them and i would say i live in illinois like that (laughs) i'm only really two-thirds of the way back east (laughs) but that's how um that's how like everything east of bakersfield is the east coast you know (laughs) um but oklahoma city back east right it's all back east and it's all cold like there's no people don't really bother to sort of differentiate between uh what but back to this sort of active healthy lifestyle i do remember i guess being in the midwest and the how healthy people are physically and what i probably grew up with thinking was normal in particular with like adults Uh, and exercise and take you know Southern California you just are around 65 year olds who are fit and running on the beach and wearing bikinis and I think there's some good and And maybe and Illinois I mean you
2: really went from one side to the other yeah my yeah. brother who lives in the Midwest Always says he likes to go to the Illinois State Fair Because it's the only place he feels slim He's a fairly husky fellow himself okay. And, you know, the Illinois State Fair Is full of very, very large people
0: Yeah, I mean, the Midwest is just different In the amount of exercise that you are able to do outside In the, the no offense, Illinois But the natural beauty that's out there You know, like it's, cornfields are lovely um, But the hills are not there So there's not a lot to I think Californians one reason people are outside is it's nice to look at, you know? It is and the weather's good. So yeah. And there's a
2: culture certainly in LA of I feel like San Francisco has a little bit more of like a crunchy kind of like we eat healthy cuz we're hippies. Right. LA definitely has much more of a culture of I remember being out with a girl in LA one night, who's a friend of mine, very nice, but I ordered a beer and she looked at me and she said, "I haven't tasted a beer in 8 years." Oh my god. Like she doesn't eat carbs. Ever. And she was an actress and a size zero and the whole thing. But I thought you're like a different species of human being, (laughs) a human being who never ingests bad food.
0: Yeah, that has to be that has to be very much like an like the heart of L.A. type of thing, even 60 miles south here in Orange County, I feel like it's not quite I feel like we have the availability of that. And you can always tell the moms who like lived in L.A. until, you know, they had a couple of small kids and then came to Orange County because they are still holding on even fashion wise. And that's that's another fun topic. But you could just tell the L.A. moms who ended up in Orange County and are sort of grumpy about it uh, versus people who it's just very suburban where I am. So I feel like people still go to the Chick-fil-A drive through where I am. But that probably would not happen even a little bit. Up the coast. So that's I say that all
2: the time living back in New York that we would, I would occasionally, I still have the habit sometimes where I'll say out loud, like, oh yeah, we just went to McDonald's last night. And I gasp, like, oh my God, I said McDonald's out loud. Like the mom mafia is going to come with torches. And right. I realize, oh no, I live in New York now. People
0: are right. fine with McDonald's. So when you came back, that was a noticeable difference because I feel like in New York City is still very, you know, there's just a, there's a lot of culture. It's very progressive. So it's still not kale smoothies. It's still not. I mean, are people I going to- I mean, there's the, people who do soul yeah.
2: cycle and stuff in New York, but no, it's not the overwhelming culture It's not all. culturally
0: pervasive in the way that it is out
1: there.
2: And here. New York just has a very ironic take on life, which is what I like and- I feel like there's still people who engage in that behavior, but they are kind of outside the mainstream.
0: Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Um, Okay, well, let's talk. I want to talk about weather and then related to that a little bit of like clothes and fashion because this had to be, I know weather is not necessarily East and West, but we've been talking a lot of, you know, New York versus LA. When you guys moved back, this had to be the biggest shock for you and your kids who had never owned snow pants and stuff, right? for
2: my kids yes okay but I mean kids the, uh, the amazing thing about kids is they are so malleable yeah like they loved it right away you know they got I mean every once in a while they, I mean nobody loves February that's what I right. would say about the weather like I love the way we're having the beautiful fall day here yeah. you know it's crisp and cold and having a little hot apple cider and the leaves are falling like it's my heaven on earth yeah And even, like, snuggled with chili in front of the fire while it snows. I mean, I am an all seasons. It's in my DNA. I love it. I love... People would always say, like, oh, don't you miss the weather in California? And I was never somebody... It's hard to argue with 300 days of sun a year, and you're playing tennis in February, and you're in shorts, but... Being that hot all the time, I mean, we were talking about Arizona. I said to my husband in our wedding vows, for better or for worse, but not for Arizona. I'm not, I'm yeah. very Irish. Like, I come from a long line of bog people. <laughs> I do not believe, I do not belong in the sunshine. And so the biggest thing that the West Coast has going for it was not a huge appeal for me.
0: Right. Right. Well, I my mom moved. My mom grew up in Portland, uh, like born and raised in Portland, Oregon, and um, which has like kind of a nice like moderate four season climate, um, mm-hmm. except for all that rain. Like, I mean, there's a lot, a lot of, rain. of rain, but it doesn't have extreme heat uh, and not super blizzards. But she they moved us to Santa Barbara when I was five. And she will still say to this day that she, there's something like in her bones that misses the changing of the seasons, like a physical, and she's been gone for 40 years.
2: Um, yeah. No, somebody said to me when I lived in Los Angeles, an old East coaster, again, who'd been there 40 years, she said, the only way you can tell the seasons are changing here is the decorations in the grocery store. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's thought, a real, that's, that's, what that's the thing. If I would, were to point to one thing that drove beyond my family and being closer to my parents and all that. Yeah the thing that drove me back was the weather. I mean, just that experience of the seasons and especially fall. And that's just, hot weather is, it's not for me.
0: So I think this is so interesting because I grew up with no seasons, none. Like I don't even remember ever looking at a weather forecast because Santa Barbara is right. notoriously, it S- doesn't sunny, even get hot. Day. It doesn't get hot yeah. either. That's the thing. It's like 82 makes the news, makes like the news. It's it, that is a heat wave. So because it's so coastal um, and so cool. And so I did enjoy seasons. I remember thinking it felt very romantic. Like it felt like the books and the movies when I got to go yeah. to college in a place and I loved yeah. it and I loved it, but I don't now, be and then Arizona is its own thing and I and I hated it I hated that kind of heat and people would say well you're you know you're you're from California and I said yeah but I'm I'm from California not That never gets hot. And so the heat was actually as hard for me to get used to. You would have to be from Mars. That's what people should say, not California. Right. So the only thing that was maybe okay in terms of getting used to Arizona was the winters. I was okay with no snow at Christmas. I had grown up with that. Palm trees at Christmas, that didn't bug me the way it bugs some people. That part I was used to. But I was no more used to heat than I was used to bitter cold going to Chicago. And coming back, just like you're saying, even though I don't have the... I don't have the desire for seasons, but this feels normal to me. I have to say, like, it feels normal. I look forward to the the weird California changes, like the fact that, you know, the nights are cooler and but I don't even I spent eight years in the Midwest. and I loved those changing seasons, but I don't miss them in the way you would like to me. This feels normal. And that's what I grew up with. So
2: I think that's very and I think it's I know a lot of people who have done what both of us did, which is. As their kids start to grow, they move closer to where they grew up. And I think there is something about where you grew up, especially maybe if you had a happy childhood or you have good memories yeah. of it, that like I picture so much of childhood as my own childhood. So yep. the idea that I was raising my kids somewhere where they wouldn't go sledding, they wouldn't have snow days, yeah. they wouldn't build giant leaf piles and jump in them. It, it just seemed crazy to and me. wrong. Yeah, that's so it's, it's so interesting wrong.
0: how deep that runs. I remember yeah. moving back here and to Southern California and see, this is so weird, but seeing grown men like dads in flip flops and board shorts, like at Starbucks or on a skateboard and being like, I totally forgot that that's a thing that dad's yeah. skateboard around and wear like dirty board shorts and flip flops around like, so, and I didn't move that far. It's not, I wasn't doing the whole like bi-coastal thing, but little things like that, that you, you forget that that's in your understanding of Culture and and yeah, it's I think it's interesting. Right. It just
2: feels right in your bones. Yeah, it
0: does. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's stay on the on the clothing thing for a second because the East Coast, the Northeast, does have a reputation for being sort of buttoned up and west coast for being super cash uh my husband is like i said he is a new englander and he's been he loves it here but he i still tease him he will wear a button-down shirt maybe a short sleeve button-down shirt but he'll wear a collared shirt basically anywhere outside the house and i tease him that like you cannot take the new england out do you do you notice this like can you go to school pickup in scrubby clothes or or not yeah, for sure. I mean, okay. I think
2: it's a, almost a little bit more the men. Like,
0: it's funny oh, interesting. because my, my Texas husband,
2: and this is something that is a long anthropological study <laughs> that we don't have to get into, but there was a real swath of like preppiness that ran through. Like, and
0: my husband
2: is really preppy, which is weird because he's from Texas.
0: But the South, I feel like the South has its own preppiness, right? Like its own. And certainly its own formality. The
2: first time my husband ever met my family, we were going to church on Sunday and we were happy to be in Florida on vacation. And he came out in a full suit. And I mean, in Florida, we go in flip flops and tank tops to church. And my mom was like, everyone change. (laughs) We're all grumbling. Like, why do we have to get dressed up for churches? Because this weirdo's suit. (laughs) um and so yes definitely but the moms are very again i feel like la is throwing a little wrench in our conversation but definitely la had a very specific aesthetic even like a fashion forward it was fashion yeah and the big sunglasses and the giant suvs and i definitely remember going to pickups when i had you know nursing babies i was my when my oldest was in preschool i had two little little ones oh my gosh And going to those pickups and feeling like a scary troll walking through this army of Barbie dolls. Right. I don't know the suburbs. I think there are places like on the Upper East Side that you would find where that that pickup vibe is the same. Where the the women are kind of in full hair and makeup and done up. But in my town, I mean, you get to be chill. Okay, so maybe
0: we're going to tell Amy and Megan that maybe they should have a little discussion about fashion and what's worn around town and on from moms because I yes, that would I think be interesting Amy, like
2: upper west side manhattan could tell you some stories about pickup like that's got to be pretty intense
0: right and i and again orange county is a little bit of a blend because like i said you can tell the la influence it's very nearby but it's also very suburban here and very i would mm-hmm. say it's nor and, and it's suburban and casual because it's west coast so it's um i think you see a little bit of everything here um but i was, I was definitely worried about that when we
2: moved and started sort of the cliche, like suburban town. And even where I grew up, like there's a lot of money has come in and I I feel like the scene is pretty intense. And so we kind of did a lot of research and we found a little bit of a down home kind of suburban town. And I remember at the first pickup, I came back and I said to my husband, I was like, there's chubby people we're we're gonna be fine like not everybody is in like a crop top yeah. showing off their sick pack.
0: right I was like oh go ahead we're gonna we're you've gonna be found good. you've found, found your, my people your people I found
2: people with body fat I'm very happy where we live <laughs>
0: That's so funny. Yeah, I do think it's got to be it's so it's so depends on where you are, Duh, obviously. Um, But I what about things like because I do still feel like there is a formality expectation about clothing that Californians cannot get behind that happens elsewhere. Like so maybe pickup was one example. But what about like going out to dinner, going to back to school night or going to like I just feel like at least my observation when I visit my Uh, in-laws on the east coast is everything is a little bit of a step up dressing wise for sure on the east coast yeah Yeah, on the east coast no i remember
2: saying to my my mom and dad were out visiting at some point and they're like very old school east coast formal people and my mom was sort of worried about what to wear and i said Anywhere you go, I don't yeah. care if we go to like Spago or whatever, like the yeah. most high end restaurant in LA is. There will be people there in jeans. There are yeah. always people in jeans. Yeah, and and flip flops, like and flip flops, yeah. and the women tend to be. I mean, I remember being in restaurants in Los Angeles, and like there were guys in, um like you know, Ed Hardy t shirts and jeans, and the chain wallet, and then the women would be in high-end cocktail dresses and six-inch heels. It's a very odd
0: fashion scene. It's so odd. And it also doesn't necessarily tie back to wealth or affluence because in Laguna Beach, where I live... Brian and I sometimes play this game called is it a homeless person or is it a billionaire where you can look at someone crossing right. the street and the the fashion aesthetic of very, very, very wealthy people in these laid back beach towns looks like you can't you cannot tell if that's like a two hundred dollar ratty T-shirt. Do you know what I mean? It's very, right. Right.
2: It's like the the, the what do you call it? the Venn diagrams yes. to overlap when well, you're just like, wait, you've spent a thousand dollars to look like that. Yes. Yeah, that um, East Coast, not so much. I mean, here, right. if you go out to a nice restaurant, people are dressed. Yeah. It looks like a picture of a country club. Whereas yeah. if you go to a nice restaurant
0: on the West Coast, it's like... It could be anything. It could be anything. And Texas, I would imagine, uh, is more on the formal side, has their own. I know, I know, like, Dallas formal gets side, a reputation but also for... also,
2: like, in kind of... A, we, we just went to my husband's uh, high school reunion and formal side, but then there's also the extremely pressed jeans and... Um, really fancy rancher top, which I kind of, it's kind of nice. But it's still like you look at that person, and even though they're wearing jeans, they're in their best clothes like there's something very formal about the jeans and the shirt that's different than like the work version of it
0: right and definitely different from the west coast like almost like the aesthetic is i don't care i feel like texas and the south definitely have a reputation of there's no no there's no i don't care and for women in particular right like i think makeup and hair like you're done in the south like you are done up when you're going almost anywhere at least that's yeah and i think the the makeup and hair stuff
2: God, it depends where you are on the West Coast. Like LA was makeup and hair. San Francisco is no makeup. Right. No hair. And I feel like East Coast, where I am, is sort of, you would look really odd in full makeup at pickup. People would kind of turn. I mean, every once in a while, I'll be going somewhere and go to pickup. And people always remark, like, oh, you look really nice. (laughs) You look nice. Oh, yeah. This is what my hair looks like. Brush, take a picture. Right. You may see it again in the next six months. Yeah. What? Twice Tomorrow, we'll be back to pickup mode. Yeah.
0: And I think it's a a big mix where I am. Again, there's a lot of full-time working Moms who are dressed every day and then there's the California laid back vibe comes in as well so it's a big mix um okay i have one more question because i we kind of forgot to talk about this and i'm curious and this has to you and i both have kids in have gone through the preschool like daycare preschool and then into public school or elementary school do you feel like the school rat race the finding the right school the paying for schools how has that what how is that different because you moved right as all that was ramping up for you
2: and definitely one of the reasons we moved to get out of that insanity in L.A. I mean, L.A., uh, again, this is a more L.A., New York Mm -hmm. uh, commonality, uh, urban New York, urban L.A. The thing of, I mean, we really knew people in Los Angeles who were paying $35,000 a year for their kids to go to kindergarten. I mean, just these incredibly high-end private schools that involved interview processes. And I don't know. It just seemed so insane to me. And we moved to a town and we did some research, but our kids just go to the local elementary school yeah. and it's a great school and we love it. And that vibe, uh, that's yeah. an urban, that's an is, urban th- I'm, thing. I'm agreeing with coast you because Amy, West, Amy yeah.
0: obviously will be able to speak to the Manhattan stuff um, because I don't think Orange County is anything like what you're describing in LA, but I'm curious, like the one thing I do observe about schooling on the East coast that might not be, urban suburban is the sort of high school and college, like the, the sort of prep route, because I feel like your schools are so good back there that even your local public school is going to be preparing kids for perhaps a more traditionally competitive track. Like, I feel like the West coast might be a little more open to like, not all kids are going to go right to a four year college. At least that's my perception. I was, I was driven. Yeah.
2: East coast. Again, giant, giant generalization, yes. but on the East Coast, a lot of the parents went to East Coast schools, right? You know, high-end or Ivy League schools. And so there is an expectation that your kids will go to high-end Ivy League yeah. schools for four years because that's mostly what people, what most of the people who I know, right, went to. A kind of high-end four-year college yeah a lot of the people who are I know in Texas the kids graduated went to the military they graduated and went to a community college and then went into a profession or took over their father's business or there's a lot of different routes and I definitely see the thing on the east coast where the only path is you get great grades in high school so you can go to a good four-year college and that anything apart from that like When I know of friends or family members whose kids struggle and they end up not going to college or going to a community college one until they can figure out what they want to do next or taking any other path from that. Right. I definitely get the vibe of a little like, what? Yeah. Not straight to a four year. I mean, and the school that I went to growing up in the graduation, you know, program was printed where everyone was going to college. There was no... Suggestion that you would do anything other than yeah. go to a four-year college.
0: Yeah, I do think this is maybe a way, and that I don't think is necessarily tied to the big cities because I think no. the, I think the West Coast and maybe Texas and um, it's just sort of seen as one option. And I'm sure there are social circles where the expectation is. But I mean, I I was a kid applying to East Coast and rather elite four-year colleges as a kid growing up in Santa Barbara, and I was pretty much weird. Like no one understood right. why I wanted to leave the weather um and there were very very bright kids um you know looking into colleges where they had a lot of options academically but most of them went to berkeley and even that was like uh, people took five years to get done like it, w- it just wasn't it didn't seem like the expectation was quite as narrow as w- how i perceive it uh, in and the Northeast. wrapping around
2: yeah. to our favorite texas <laughs> my husband Went to an Ivy League school and I think was maybe the first kid in his high school or maybe, you know, the second or third to ever go to an Ivy League school from his high school. And one of very few kids to ever leave the state to go to college. Like, it's just a completely different world in that way. Again, something that's changing a lot. Definitely. It's something that in a generation has changed completely. Like now tons of kids from his high school go all over the place. But... I think that's definitely true, and it's something that, I mean, you could do a whole episode on that those pressures and right. how you can somehow divorce yourself from them because... Right. I have a fourth grader and I'm already hearing those conversations. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, that's terrifying. We've got a long way to go to start stressing ourselves out about whether our kids are going to Harvard or not.
0: Yeah, and I don't feel that at all. Yeah, and by- <laughs> side note. Um, and by the way, spoiler alert, it's not happening. So <laughs> relax. Yeah. yeah, no, I don't feel that at all out here. And I do think that's probably, I think maybe we landed on a really true maybe good stereotype to finish this up on of all the stereotypes um so before we wrap can you tell everybody a little more about the what fresh hell podcast maybe what's coming up for you guys your live show just in case our listeners aren't listening uh give a little elevator pitch is that possible is it possible you're not listening i don't know
2: uh amy and i have known each other for God knows, 20 years, a long time, too long. Uh, And we both come from a performance background. So I was a stand-up, did a lot of improv. Amy was a Broadway actress. She was on the Norm show, sitcom. She was on a sitcom called Daddy-O. And so we both had had parenting blogs at some point and then when I moved back to New York City I reached out to her and I said you know what we should do a podcast we both have this kind of humor background and I think it would be really fun to explore parenting issues from a uniquely humorous perspective (laughs) and so each week we have kind of dilemma episodes so we just did um, is this battle worth fighting so we took a lot of questions from listeners and talked about okay Your kid saying like, is it a battle worth fighting? Your kid wearing a hat at the dinner table, your kid not making their bed. And so we kind of run through like our opinion on whether or not these battles are worth fighting. We've done screen time, homework, all sorts of different topics. Amy comes a little bit more. She's kind of like a type A Uh, four year elite college, I will say for Amy, and (laughs) does a lot of research brings in like, well, the New York Times says and this parenting and the AAP says and, you know, she brings in a lot of that perspective, like here's a lot of research. And so we try to really solve the issue of like, what are we doing with screen time? How are we handling the homework? And so we try to bring both things together so that it's got a lot of humor, but it really kind of explores an issue and tries to come up with a solution every it's, week.
0: It's so great. I always laugh. I love it. Yeah, listeners who know us really well, Amy's the Sarah and Margaret's the Megan. <laughs> Down right. to the brunette it's, and the blondish. There you go. Um, you, another thing you guys have in common with us too is your kids are my kids' age. Like you and I have kids in the same age and age range. And then Amy's kids are older, just like Megan's kids are older. So just like our show, you get a huge range of you know, parenting stages that you're in um right which, which is kind of nice
2: because you do, a lot of people are in that position and amy right. comes at it with like well teenagers it's like this right and i'm like well i got a five-year-old who's still wearing a princess dress to school every day and we kind of right. cover the
0: gamut of stuff. yes no i love that about your show and tell us about your live show
2: So we are doing our first live show um, and there's a new performance space out here in Westchester County called the Chappaqua Performing Arts Center. And we are doing our first live show and it's going to just be a really fun. It's going to be a live taking of the podcast, but we're going to depart a little bit from our podcast formula and it's going to be really driven by like games and quizzes and audience interaction. And it's just like hopefully going to be a really fun laugh-filled mom's night out i am so
0: excited for you guys yeah, and so tell us the wait. date and fun we have a lot of listeners in that area so i feel like all the of listeners our listeners should this area should go i would say anyone in the tri-state
2: area can benefit from this show uh we're just a train ride away from new york city and it's december 1st at 8 o'clock at the chappaqua performing arts center okay and you can find tickets on ticketmaster by going to what fresh hell
0: I love it. And we will link everything up in our show notes at themomhour.com. So people who are used to going there and same with how to subscribe to your show. So basically listeners, what you should do is we're going to wrap up. Then you should go subscribe to what fresh hell laughing in the face of motherhood with Amy and Margaret. And once you are subscribed to that podcast tomorrow in your feed, will be Amy Wilson and my own co-host, Megan Francis, talking about more of the same topic of big city versus small town. So it's just such a, it all comes together so nicely, don't you think, Margaret? So much
2: laughing, so much learning. I mean, what more <laughs> are people looking for, really, Sarah?
0: <laughs> We've really made it a week, a, a, a very exciting week in your podcast feed. <laughs> Please, um, yeah. Well, Margaret, thank you so much for um, doing this fun experiment with It was us. fun. It was really and, fun. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everyone.